0: Trauma and Triggers contains explicit content. Please check the show notes for details. We're live. And we're on. Hello. Hey, everybody. uh every time we start recording i i lose brain cells i think it's like our body is just shutting down so that we're less nervous yeah i think so too um welcome to trauma and triggers if it's your first time good job you found the best podcast in the world honestly the only the only one you should be listening to and only she believes that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyways i'm audrey oh yeah i'm sabrina <laughs> and today we're talking about erotic hypnosis um audrey brought this topic up to me a little while ago and it i me That did i i feel like i think it was just reddit <laughs> <laughs> maybe i feel like I, I can't remember i really can't remember i felt like you brought it up to me okay because i heard about it Or maybe I saw it on Reddit and I was like, girl, have you heard about this? And you were like, yes, of course. I'm an expert in the field. (laughs) (laughs) I know about every kink. All of it. Literally, I could walk up to Audrey with any kink oh, and yeah. she'd be like, I heard about it already. i have like a walk dictionary about this. Yeah. and I, like half the time, like I've heard the name, but I don't necessarily know the definition. Mm-hmm. But I have spent a lot of time just looking into different kinks because I find it fascinating. Yeah. I thought I knew about a lot of kinks and then you come up to me with a new one and I'm like. <laughs> I hit you up with that <laughs> somnophilia. Yeah, somnophilia. Like, no. <laughs> the other day I was thinking about, um, there's probably like a puking kink. Yeah, I don't know the name of that one, but there, it is, does exist, and it is deeply concerning. Oh God. The other day, I said to you, I said, I'm "Tired of being sex positive." <laughs> my partner also said something similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was just like, I, I can't even remember what I said in particular, mm-hmm. um, but it was very much like sometimes people should be judged. <laughs> <laughs> what if kink shaming is my kink? <laughs> Uh, But we're talking about erotic hypnosis and I felt like um how I wanted to structure the episode was kind of talking about what hypnosis is first and I'll cover that topic and then uh, Audrey will get more into the specifics about erotic hypnosis. I feel like there's a bunch of misconceptions about what hypnosis is. Yeah, I... I walked into this topic not knowing a whole lot about hypnosis in general. Yeah, this is really our first topic where I feel like neither one of us had much base knowledge. Because there are a about lot of, there's a lot of kinks out there that it's like uh, in fantasy you understand them, but like the actual workings of the kink is way more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's get into it. Uh, this is a quote from the Society for Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis. Uh, quote, Hypnosis is a state of focused attention and receptivity, which can be an extremely useful tool for individuals wishing to master certain abilities and accomplish specific tasks. So I think the, like, the, when people think of hypnosis, they think of like, basically mind control, like someone dangling yeah. a watch in front of you and just you're clucking like a chicken or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's not exactly that. I was lucky enough to be able to speak with a practicing hypnotherapist. Um, her name is Caitlin Redwood. Uh, I just want to say I really appreciate the time she took answering all my questions really detailed with everything yeah she was like really sweet and she just completely offered to yeah it. yeah it was very nice I will try to link her info in the show notes and I have a lot of resources that I'm going to link in the show notes if people are interested in learning more about this topic because there's absolutely no way that we're going to cover everything there's about so it so much information there's so much going on here so, uh, Caitlin uses a combination of, uh, Kappa Sininian and Ericksonian hypnosis. And she also uses neuro-linguistic programming. I don't know anything about neuro-linguistic programming. Didn't learn a thing about it. We're not talking about that. That's right. But we are talking about Kappa and Ericksonian hypnosis. Um... This is a quote from a website that I linked (laughs) all the way down here. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where it's from. But George Kappas, for who capsaicin hypnosis is named after, discovered that all people are not equally suggestible. Um, He categorized suggestibility in two categories, physical and emotional suggestibility. A physical suggestible person is like a child. Um, All children are physical suggestible when they are born. They take suggestions literally. So if they're under hypnosis, um, you can just say your hand is resting, this more susceptible type of person. It'll feel like they can't move their hand because it's resting. A emotional suggestible person has a more critical mind so when you're um using hypnosis on them you have to use more like like you have to tell a story more and you have to use metaphor more so you're more like imagine a string pulling your wrist down and there's a heavy weight attached to it stuff like that so you have to get past the more critical mind with an emotional person and then there are people who are in the middle of the spectrum and they are called somnibulletists. Somnambulists. Words aren't, nothing's my strong suit today. Um, to be fair, there are a lot of really long and complicated words. And big, there. Yeah. There's a lot going on here for emotionally susceptible people or emotionally suggestible people. Uh, Ericksonian hypnosis is better applied. Uh, the one that uses metaphor in storytelling to induce a hypnotic state. And for the people who are physically suggestible or physical suggestible, they can just be hypnotized with the more direct commands, like your hands resting, your shoulders are relaxed, stuff like that. I just thought that was really interesting. Those are kind of the two schools of thought in therapeutic hypnosis. And here are some of the steps to hypnotizing people in a therapeutic setting. Um, And Caitlin actually wrote down, like, everything that she does. So the first thing that she does is she starts asking people, like, a bunch of really detailed questions and explaining hypnosis, overwhelming them, essentially. So they shut down their critical thinking. Like, they just have an influx of information coming in first. So that's what she does. Um, Well, before she does that, she does suggestibility testing to determine how suggestible they are. And then she starts overloading them with information and questions and stuff like that. Um, And then she says she watches them and she can just tell based on how someone looks if they're overloaded. Um, She said usually like their eyes get kind of droopy and they start looking from side to side. And their jaw relaxes and stuff like that. Um, Sometimes they'll get really sweaty. So then, and before all this, she explains what's going on, what she's going to do. So even with like the overloading technique, she tells them beforehand, like, this is what hypnosis is and this is how I'm going to do it to you. So nothing is like being sprung on them. You know what I'm saying? Ask for consent first. (laughs) Yeah, it's clear consent. And I don't think she, I think she did tell me this, but I also was researching other hypnotherapists. And if they find that someone isn't very suggestible, or if they find that the issue they're having isn't very treatable by um, hypnosis, um, they are ethically and duty bound to refer them out and stuff like that. Um, That's good. Yeah, so doing the research for all this, I'm, like, pretty pro-hypnotherapy. I'm like, wow, they seem like a good bunch of people, generally. I don't know all of them. <laughs> there's there's going to be bad people There's everywhere. bad eggs everywhere. <laughs> but it is, it is a very interesting field, and it's a field that I think can really help people. And it's a field that's real. Like, it's not... Um, It's not stage hypnosis. It's something that is proven to help people over and over again. Um, So after the overloading, she'll start with the deep sleep stuff. Um, A common technique is to tell people to keep looking up. um, And they just like, it's so weird. It's like they shut down. They just keep looking up and then their eyelids close and they're just like fluttering. And you can tell that person is completely relaxed. I'm like, how is that, (laughs) how did you do that? Anyway, so once they're in that deep sleep um, zone, that's when the suggestions start. Um, In a therapeutic setting, the suggestions might be something like, um, every time you smell a cigarette, uh, you're going to feel nauseous, or every time you're going to smell you smell a cigarette, you're not going to be interested in smoking it, or every time you have a craving, you know, something like that. That's when the suggestions start to take place. It's so funny. Your suggestions are so different than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so very different. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet erotic hypnosis Ew, is lot different. There's a difference here. <laughs> um, and then after the suggestions, the hypnotist uh, it is has to do stuff to kind of get you out of that state. Um, it's important to note that hypnosis, you can't be hypnotized to do something completely against your will, like in that moment. It can be used as a tool over time to manipulate you, n- manipulate you to do stuff. But in the moment, if um, someone like hated olives and something like that, you couldn't hypnotize them to eat an olive like it just your critical thinking cues up immediately no matter how suggestible you are um it's also i wanted to make sure i said that hypnosis is a natural state all of us have experienced being hypnotized if you're ever um watching a movie or a tv show and you're feeling like you're in that world and there's nothing else going on around you that's a hypnotic state Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's it's simply just the critical thinking part of your brain shutting down and you're just more suggestible, relaxed, and open. It's very interesting. Uh, so some uses for therapeutic hypnosis is pain control, behavior changes. Uh, a lot of the studies have been done on like quitting smoking and they've been... Very successful and phobia treatment. I thought that was interesting. There was this really interesting study that was done with uh, Dr. David Spiegel, who is out of Stanford. Shout out to Stanford. (laughs) We gotta stop Stanford. We had enough of Stanford. Um, Yeah, check out our Stanford prison experiment (laughs) if you want to know why we've had enough of Stanford. So. Now it's probably fine. I don't know. But in the 70s, Stanford was wild. So he did this uh, study on, it was children who had a specific uh, rare medical condition and they had to have a like testing treatment done where a tube is inserted into their urethra and they had to be awake during it. They couldn't be put under. So it's very painful And, you know, it's a very young child, so it's hard to get them to understand and stay still. And the more in pain and upset they are, the longer it takes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I believe he and a group of one or two other hypnotherapists would go in and hypnotize the kids. And the testing only took 10 minutes where it used to take 45 minutes. And the kids left feeling significantly better. Um, I just thought that was really nice. Yeah. It's a great, it can be a great tool. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about stage hypnotism and how it's different and very similar to therapeutic hypnosis. Like stage hypnotism is used strictly for entertainment. All the rules are out the window. Whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever. Um. Stage hypnotists use a combination of willing participation, groupthink, placebo, magician's tricks, and what I'm calling real hypnosis. So the first thing that they do, if you watch videos of stage hypnotism, is they ask for a group of volunteers. So immediately that group of volunteers knows that they're going up for comedic and entertainment purposes. So there's already like, okay, I kind of know what's going to happen. And then they get up there and they see everyone doing what the hypnotist says. So they do it even though they might not actually be in a state of hypnosis. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, groupthink is very wild. Yeah. that another idea for a podcast that would be really interesting <laughs> uh yeah groupthink and the bystander effect absolutely insane so they um they interview people sometimes after these uh performances and they were like were you really under and a significant amount of time they'll just be like no i just didn't want to embarrass him <laughs> or no but i saw everybody else doing it so i didn't want to feel weird Um, so from there, the hypnotist will like narrow down his group. So he's observing and he sees that the lower suggestible people or the people who have a higher amount of critical thinking aren't really under any sort of hypnotism. So he dismisses them and then goes to the next group and it goes smaller and smaller until he gets either a small group of people or just one person who is highly suggestible. And some of like the magician's tricks are so silly. So he'll tell you to stand a certain way and then reach your hand, um, like have your left foot in front of you, and then reach your hand as forward, as high as you can. And then he'll be like, now pick up your left foot. Well, you can't pick up your left foot if all your weight is on your left foot. So people will then be like, oh, shit, (laughs) I can't pick up my left foot. I'm hypnotized. No, bitch, (laughs) you're not. He just positioned your body a different way. So it's it's really interesting and it is entertaining and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, One of the podcasts that I listen to about hypnotism, uh, it is called Science Versus. Uh, The episode was Hypnosis, Does It Really Work? She actually went up. She volunteered to go up for a uh, stage hypnosis and she didn't make it all the way to the end. But the person who did make it all the way to the end uh, was doing all these things like twerking on stage, um, pretending like someone's vagina smelled really good and sniffing her vagina <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, I guess dabbling in erotic hypnosis. That's but then wild at for the stage hypnosis. Though. Yeah. And, and the show is, like, marketed as, like, a rated R show and okay. stuff like that. So, again, the people volunteering know what they're getting into. So, at the end, he's like, okay, go make out with your husband. Give him the sloppiest make out you've ever given him. And she didn't. <laughs> 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 she just gave him a little <laughs> peck. <laughs> And the uh, the host of the podcast um, questioned her afterward and was like, hey, what was that all about? And this woman was like, I just felt like it was too inappropriate to have a sloppy makeout session with my husband in front of everybody. And I was like, this bitch sniffing crotches. <laughs> Girl, what? <laughs> you just don't like your husband. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Um, Guess who's getting a divorce? Yeah. I was like, so yeah, that was just really interesting. Um, uh, That's pretty much it for stage hypnosis. I wanted to talk a little bit about self-hypnosis. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, All of the information I got for self-hypnosis is from this article Called "What Is Self Hypnosis and How Do I Do It," where they talk to a person who calls themselves a holistic psychotherapist. Her name is Jillian Williams. Um, she says self hypnosis allows your mind to achieve a deep state of relaxation. Uh, while in this hypnotic state, you will either oh you either make suggestions or set intentions for yourself. Or you use an audio stream or download as a guide. Who calls it a download? She's 85 years old. Uh, Self-hypnosis is also an empowering way to improve control of your thoughts and emotions. In some ways, self-hypnosis reminds me of like meditation and mindfulness practices. Yeah. You definitely are like engaging in a hypnotic state for sure with self-hypnosis. But I feel like... With the way that hypnosis is described, it could honestly be considered, like, a state of meditation. Yeah. It is. It's just a relaxed state, you know? Yeah. You're right. It basically is, like, a meditative state. Yeah. It's so interesting. You you know what's, like, really... This thought keeps popping up in my head. I have to say it out loud. But um, the thing that keeps reminding me of, like, oh, I felt hypnotism when I dissociate (laughs) I feel hypnotized (laughs) when I dissociate honestly that's what I imagine hypnotism to be like yeah I wonder if that's how it feels but maybe more comforting hopefully hopefully like when you dissociate I'm just not there (laughs) (laughs) I'm not there mama I ain't nothing happening (laughs) I don't feel bad that's the whole point of it like right. I'm not feeling terrible at the time I'm just like okay that's interesting that's something that I wish you had brought up sooner <laughs> so we could have included that well, in the I research for this it. episode I was trying to stay away from your side so that I didn't you know you we're know, in this the, together Audrey <laughs> <laughs> your trauma I'm <laughs> triggered <laughs> But no, that's really that's what I keep thinking is like whenever I feel like dissociated, like I I do feel more relaxed. Like my body is more disconnected. Um, And I feel like on some level it's supposed to be the opposite. Like when you're in a hypnotic state, you're supposed to feel more connected to your body. I don't really know. I guess so. Yeah. You're... I guess you do feel like more in your body and more aware of your body when you're hypnotized, but you're just like chill. I don't know. This is so interesting. That's what I keep thinking of whenever you mention hypnotism. Because, like, I really, I just be doing shit. Like, autopilot, Mm -hmm. dissociated. Do you feel like you're more suggestible when you're dissociated? Probably, yeah. Somebody could just be like, hey, pick that up, and you would just grab it. Yeah. Or I just wouldn't hear them. Interesting. Hmm. You know, hopefully some person with credentials in the field will reach out to us. (laughs) Let us know. They'll see the logo of our podcast and be like, this is the show I need to listen to. (laughs) I genuinely think that, sorry to get off topic again, but I genuinely think that people who Um, are in the field avoid any kind of um, like shows podcasts on the topic do you think it's frustrating all the misinformation that they hear (laughs) not even misinformation (laughs) but like from what i've seen my mom is a therapist Mm -hmm. and she will actively avoid any shows involving like therapy or like um just general topics of it's just like they spend their whole life trying to help other people solve problems and like if i had a job of any kind i probably wouldn't want to watch a podcast about said job yeah that makes sense you know yeah just for the mental break yeah okay i get what you're saying now yeah (laughs) um where were we i don't know (laughs) Self-hypnosis. <laughs> yes. Okay. So according to holistic psychotherapist Jillian Williams, here are the steps to self-hypnotize. Find a quiet and comfortable place to relax where you won't be disturbed um, is step one. Step two, begin to relax. She says by tensing and then releasing each muscle group. That's crazy. I I <laughs> feel like i would forget if i had done the muscle group before and then just keep cycling back and then i would just get frustrated and give up our shared therapist has given me that exercise before and how did it work for you i didn't do it (laughs) awesome uh yeah you can listen to jillian williams if you want maybe it's good and we just suck i don't know (laughs) Uh, she says to start at your toes and work your way up to the top of your head. Um, this will help release any tension. Yada, yada. Step three, set your goal. What is it you hope to get from the experience? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I think that most people who go into this have an idea of what they want. From yeah. It. We'll just make sure you do that. Step four, focus your gaze. Find something simple within your line of sight to focus on. This does sound like steps my therapist has given me to de escalate a panic attack in yeah, some grounding ways. Grounding techniques? Yeah, it sounds like some grounding techniques. Um, step five breathe slowly and deeply, letting your eyes re- rest on your focus point. Um, six, as your eyes naturally close, keep breathing slowly, focusing on your breath to keep your thoughts from wandering. This really sounds like meditation. Uh, 7. Visualize. Use your senses. Create a calm and relaxing place. You might surround yourself with a beach, a meadow, or a place up in the mountains, or even your own backyard. I don't find nature relaxing. Really? (laughs) No. Beaches are stressful to me. Okay. I don't consider a beach nature okay (laughs) go on because of all the people that are always there yeah like you know like i just just like in a way that if i was like i'm gonna go out and be in nature and then i showed up to like a park with a bunch of people in it like that's not nature to me right when i think of nature that's not it (laughs) i guess not that it isn't nature but I do like nature and being outside. I'm not roasting nature right now. What I mean is, like, I have this hammock, this little portable hammock, and I'll be like, I'm just going to set this up out on a little hike. I hike, I'm sweaty. I'm hot, I'm chafing. And then I set up the hammock, there's bugs biting me. I'm not relaxed right now. I'm not at peace. I agree. I'm also an indoors girly. <laughs> yeah. I do like a nice walk. Yeah, th- which is part of the reason why I like winter yeah because like i feel more comfortable in nature like i wish that i could experience the loveliness of like trees with leaves on them Mm -hmm. without feeling overstimulated and unhappy (laughs) (laughs) that would be great yeah i wish i could experience life without feeling overstimulated (laughs) and unhappy (laughs) that's what i wish (laughs) anyway i'm neurotypical moving on yeah um Where was I? Nature. Yeah. We were in nature and we're leaving nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, Step eight is use all of your senses to be in your calm and relaxing place. Imagine your body becoming very heavy, just as it does when you're about to fall asleep. Um, Whenever I've tried meditation, I do normally just fall asleep, to be honest. I can't do, I can't meditate. Yeah. I get annoyed, almost like mad. Unless I'm in a dissociative, <laughs> and in now it, and we're I'm back at it. <laughs> all the time. Um, step ten: Affirm your goal as you imagine yourself achieving your goal. Repeat it to yourself in the form of a mantra, such as "I am speaking confidently" or "I am sleeping peacefully." As you repeat these words, gently direct compassion toward yourself. <sighs> that sounds hard. <laughs> Do you usually violently direct compassion towards yourself? Uh, yeah, do I really? Like for me to treat myself nice, I have to be like, "You're being so cringe right now. Fucking love yourself." <laughs> have to bully myself into being nice to myself I want to mention Mm -hmm. that we've had the conversation consistently on the fact that I can't handle having compliments or people being nice to me Mm -hmm. and you talk to yourself like that yet you make fun of me (laughs) for not being able to handle that I can handle compliments don't look at me like that don't look at me like that when nobody else can see you looking at me like that (laughs) you do the same thing to yourself that you've started doing to me so that i won't ask you if you're gonna kill yourself when you text me that you love me yeah that's how i knew to do it to you (laughs) so what's your fucking problem bitch it's hilarious it's not mentally healthy but we found a workaround that's working for us for now yeah um after five minutes or so, prepare... We're moving on. Step 11. After five minutes or so, prepare to leave the hypnotic state. <laughs> Begin to feel yourself... <laughs> I fucking can't with you. Begin to feel yourself coming back to the room by wiggling your fingers and toes and feeling the surface beneath you. Uh, and then 12, allow yourself to slowly and gently return to the room. I want to take a moment to note... Um, I mentioned Dr. David Spiegel. Um, He did a podcast with the Huberman Lab, and that episode was called, this is why we write down our resources, um, Using Hypnosis to Enhance Mental and Physical Health and Performance. Long title. Let's narrow that down next time. So (laughs) he mentions, and he hasn't done research about it, but he mentions that he thinks people – who have ADHD or are neurodivergent are gonna have a significantly harder time being hypnotized, um, but he does believe that everyone can experience hypnosis. So that might be why you struggle with like meditation and stuff like that. Yeah, because my brain's moving all the time. Yeah, and it might also and be nap. why you fall asleep. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i definitely use sleep as a coping mechanism yeah me too i'm definitely just like this is too much nap (laughs) dude i take a nap almost every day like i can't not take a nap well you also sleep three hours and 25 minutes every night so (laughs) maybe that's why that's an exaggeration i don't feel like it is (laughs) okay roasted um Do you have any questions about hypnosis? I feel like maybe I didn't explain it well. No, I think I get it. I I do feel like, you know, generally it's a relaxed state where you're susceptible to suggestions. Yeah. um, And you can't do anything against your will. These are just the bullet points that I remember. Yeah. Um, But it's used to over time... uh, use some some form of manipulation not necessarily a bad kind yeah, to get you to do what you can't seem to do in a normal, unhypnotized state. Yeah. I did also want to mention that um, most research says using hypnosis to uh, recall things um, is not helpful. Yeah. Yeah, you can whenever, sorry, this is your segment, but no, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't being sarcastic. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying not to breathe hard and it's coming off as sarcastic. I have read that um whenever like people try to go use hypnosis to recall memories they you can like end up forming untrue memories, yeah, due to that. In the 90s, there was a huge like expose um, about people recalling sexual abuse and like um, a lot of it was like sexual abuse with priests and stuff like that, that they believe never actually happened because the memories were recalled through hypnosis. So the hypnotherapist would not meaning to guide them to sort of creating a new memory. Um, Which I think that is very interesting that your brain can do things like this. But anyway, you look like you have a question. I don't have a question. I'm just thinking. (laughs) Do you want to take a break before your section? We do this for fun, Audrey. You look like I'm fucking holding you here no, at gunpoint. There's too many things going on in my brain. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I, I don't... Okay, because my thought on like the whole creating memories thing is um, I had a thought and <laughs> I, can't, I can't find it anymore. Okay, creating memories that aren't real. Priest molesting children. That's what we were talking about. That way. I'm triggers. <laughs> I'm the triggers of trauma triggers. And I'm trauma. And you're trauma. <laughs> just <laughs> dissociating and being confused all the time and I'm just saying the rudest shit to everybody. <laughs> oh That's us. Um no, I I just feel like I've heard somewhere like even when you're not in a hypnotic state like brains will e- e- people Are generally aware of the concept that maybe this is just me but your brain will find ways to protect you from the realities of life like whenever Mm -hmm. you go through something traumatic you're likely to forget things Mm -hmm. to help you um handle a situation to help you move forward and so it doesn't seem that bizarre to me that i mean like it's crazy that that even happens in the first place but like that compared to like creating new memories is like yeah it's definitely very similar but it's also I think um an episode on memories would be very interesting Mm -hmm. and just like memory recall and all that but what's interesting is that your brain will create a memory that is like a of a traumatic event that didn't happen you know what i'm saying yeah like that is like i think the brain is always doing self always doing stuff to like protect it help itself in convoluted ways maybe but i'm just like what purpose does that serve to create a traumatic memory for yourself i don't know i think some of that is where the hypnotist comes in where it's like you're in a suggestible state Mm -hmm. and um people like you have somebody telling you to search for something Mm -hmm. but you don't know what to search for so your brain just kind of like makes something yeah yeah i um because it knows that that's what the person wants or that's what you want this is reminding me of something I heard in the Huberman Lab episode is uh, Dr. Spiegel was talking about a woman that um, he helped, who was in the psychiatric ward because she was being hypnotized at um, like a performance stage hypnotism. And the hypnotist told her to think of a bird in a cage, and she started like crying and like having like a basically a mental breakdown that lasted for a long time and she just ran out of the theater and was walking through the streets of New York crying. So he sees her at this psychiatric ward and is able to um unhypnotize her, emerge her from the hypnot the hypnotism. And she said she felt like a bird trapped in a gilded cage because she was a trophy wife for this rich asshole, essentially. And that image um, brought up really terrible memories and feelings for her. So I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, <laughs> but I did think that that was really interesting. It is very interesting. I, the, just the fact that something like hypnosis can have such a heavy, um, like, weight in a person's mind and like how that changes them is just very interesting yeah i think you know i think the people who do who are hypnotists need to be very careful playing around in people's minds i wouldn't feel comfortable i would be scared on a daily basis i don't think that i could have a job where i'm in not in control but i'm I'm actively trying to change someone's behavior. It does feel. a suggestible state. That's scary to me. Like I would feel at risk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Which is why when you do it, like there's definitely ways to do it in ethical, like have an ethical procedure for it and everything. I agree with you. I could never be a hypnotist because I would constantly be like. What if I make them cry and wander the streets of New York? <laughs> and to be honest, just being a therapist could have that effect. Like the like, there's been multiple times we've just cried, yeah, during or after a session, yeah, and been dissociated, and that's not always a bad thing. Dissociating, yeah, maybe. I don't my, know. My, that tends to go hand in hand for me a lot. Yeah. I won't speak for you, but sometimes I needed to cry about something. Oftentimes, I also do need to cry. But the problem is I have like a diff- disconnect with like crying and feeling comfortable with crying. So I'll cry, but I'll be upset that I'm crying and uncomfortable with the fact that I'm crying. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel that relief. Yeah. But I do know what that relief is. I have felt that relief before. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen often. <laughs> Usually, it's just against my will, and then I feel violated by my own body. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes I can be both trauma and, and triggers. triggers. <laughs> I agree. Um, really taking my role on the podcast. You want to know what's triggering me? Hmm. You breathing into that microphone. I'm so sorry. I <laughs> to breathe i don't know how the professionals do it <laughs> uh, yeah that's all i have for hypnosis okay i think we should take a break i think so i need to pee and get a drink of juice and maybe take a nap because <laughs> i'm upset <laughs> okay we'll be back bye, bye. Oh, but. All right, we're back. <laughs> that was really loud. That was my heads up that we were back. Really we're back at it. Um, hold on. What? Everybody stop. Okay. Okay, never mind. We're back in it. So while we were taking the break, I realized I had something I wanted to say that I didn't say. <laughs> so now I'm going to say it now. So now I'm going to say it now and I don't want to hear about it. Uh, So... Uh, In my research, I looked up uh, this case where this woman was, um, someone used hypnotism, specifically erotic hypnotism, to sex trafficker, essentially. And a person who was uh, helping the reporter on the case talked about something called ego death. Um, He called it ego death. I don't know if that's the right term. And he said early on in his career as a hypnotist, he created an alternate personality for a woman. And the alternate personality was like a party-going, fun person. And her other personality was more strict and stern. And this woman just didn't want to go back to her original personality. So she asked him to make a third personality which was a combination of the two personalities and he did do that and to this day she is that third personality that he created and he said that he still gets people contacting him and saying that what he did was wrong because this woman is not the woman that they knew anymore. And I just uh, my mind is blown about that, like first of all, why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, like obviously, this guy feels guilty, um, so I don't mean to beat a man while he's down, but yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I think that it's like to me, it seems pretty obvious that while you're practicing hypnotism um. The safe, safer way to do it is suggestible comments, you know, like, okay, so you want to be less strict. So let's think of some things that would make you feel less strict. Yeah. Like, so having some comments to make a person feel less uptight and feel less in need of constant control seems like a good way to fix that. Yeah. Rather than creating an entirely new personality (laughs) based around being a party girl. (laughs) Yeah. Which sounds ridiculous. Like in what world would that be the correct alternative? I don't know. I mean, he was like an erotic hypnotist. He wasn't a hypnotherapist. So, so I think he was just kind of like, oh, this is like a fun sex thing for her. Um. But then it's like, you know, let's think about what we're doing. (laughs) This is wild. And I do want to say, you know, he he said when he did it, he was in his early 20s. But we're in our early 20s, first of all. But anyway, second of all, she was really pushing him and asking him to do it. Yeah, It's not like he did it without her consent. I will say, before I even get into, like, the erotic hypnosis section, it does seem like it's fairly common um, among erotic hypnosis to kind of, like, encourage people um, while listening to, like, through a hypnotist or, like, um, hypnotism file, whatever, um, to have, like, kind of a separate personality or, like, fall into a different like complete different headspace Mm -hmm. sexually um which is kind of what he was doing yeah you know and like i get that he didn't have bad intentions with that and it might have been easy for him to just be like oh (laughs) but it just it doesn't it it definitely does not feel like a safe thing to do with hypnotism right it feels like risky business that maybe we should stay away from yeah um but yeah ego death someone hypnotizing their old self away and to me it's like clearly this woman needed therapy yeah. like needed mental health yeah. help if you have a personality that you feel like you can't change and you want to change clearly there's something not even just personality it sounds like this woman was stressed and yeah. she was making herself stressed it it sounds like an anxiety she issue needed, she needed some coping mechanism, mayhaps. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't feel like hypnotism was the situation that this girl needed. Yeah. Um. So it's unfortunate that that happened. Uh. Okay. I just can't stop thinking about that. Yeah, we'll move on. We're gonna. <laughs> we move gotta on. move on. <laughs> um. I think I say that at least five times every episode. We gotta move on. <laughs> we can't do this anymore. So. We are moving on to erotic hypnosis, which well, I will say um, is some of the more fun and least fun <laughs> sections of this podcast. It's going to be an up and down ride. <laughs> Just warning, you now. Um. So erotic hypnosis is a type of recreational hypnosis that uses um, hypnosis practices practices for sensual or sexual purposes. Um, this type of hypnosis does not necessarily have to involve sexual acts, but generally the goal of erotic hypnosis is sexual pleasure or to satisfy a particular kink. Um, so people may choose to experience erotic hypnosis through a person, like an in-person play scene with somebody who's uh, educated on hypnosis practices, preferably. Um, a hypnotic video or hypnotic audio files. Um, and, you know, we, you had mentioned, like, self-hypnosis before. I I guess that could also be a possibility, but it seems like usually people are looking for another person to hypnotize them. Yeah, I've heard of, I've heard a little bit of people like, Kind of using erotic self hypnosis to make themselves orgasm. Yeah, Um, that's pretty much all I've heard of. I I haven't heard of like a kink erotic self hypnosis, but I don't know. There are, from what I've seen on r slash erotic hypnosis (laughs) on Reddit, um, there are plenty of people who just enjoy their little their like erotic hypnosis files alone. Yeah, like they're just chilling like the kink is for them and Mm -hmm. them only (laughs) yeah and i love that um yeah meet us on reddit we're on we're in all the communities we love it every Mm -hmm. episode except for probably like stanford prison experiment we were on a community about it yeah (laughs) um so where was i uh erotic hypnosis An erotic hypnosis session is typically used to persuade, appeal to, and shape one's thoughts, fantasies, and sensitivity and responsiveness. Um, So some people, some examples people could use erotic hypnosis for could be increased arousal or or sensitivity. Like you were talking about before, like some people just really struggle to orgasm Mm and it can be used to help with that. Um, a hypnotic fantasy, like creating role play scenarios, um, supporting elements of power dynamics, like Dom and Sub, um, it's often used to help reinforce some of those, um, dynamics mm-hmm. in a relationship. Um, and feeling more in tune with your body during sexual situations, which is probably the least kinkiest of all of the ways. used. <laughs> <been this> <laughs> Um, I feel like usually if somebody's like, oh, you enjoy erotic hypnosis? And I'm like, yeah, I just like to feel connected to my body. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, okay. Get out. (laughs) We don't want you here. The least kinkiest kink of all time. Yeah. Um, sorry. It's like (laughs) if you say you're into pet play and then you just play with your dogs. Like, that's what you mean. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I just want to feel more connected to my dog. (laughs) 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 Bitch. Anyways. uh, Popular kinks often associated with erotic hypnosis. This is um, really just seen through my own eyes on what I have uh, been watching. Forced to see. Yeah. (laughs) Throughout this research process. Um, So... A bimbification kink. Fascinating. (laughs) Fascinating. Um, People enjoy presenting in a more sexual fashion and act seemingly less intelligent than average. Yeah. I had to be really careful while I was writing that definition of bimbification kink because I couldn't find a definition of bimbification kink anywhere. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Um, Also, sometimes you wrote it and it sounded like you were a 75-year-old misogynistic man. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Because, like, the the whole definition of, like, a bimbo is a dumb, sexually attractive woman. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. And so, basically, the whole kink is centered around somebody acting like a bimbo. <laughs> like that's what it is. So, yeah. I was trying to figure out how to say that in a way that wasn't terrible. <laughs> um, anyways. So, next we have Objective objectification kink which um does tend to go hand in hand with bimbification kink there's like Mm -hmm. within the two they seem relatively similar Mm -hmm. um so people enjoy being seen as existing solely for sexual purposes is what an objectification kink is um some other things orgasm control um a lot of erotic hypnosis files or scenes contain like instances of frequent orgasms, overstimulation or edging. Um and then fantasy and role play, obviously, you know, ero- like using erotic hypnosis to get someone to act like a pet for pet play <laughs> or um uh, one we saw was invisible bondage. That is fascinating um, to me. Hypnotizing somebody to believe that they have been tied down when they haven't actually been tied down. I I don't want to sound rude, but I wonder why not just tie him down. Yeah. That's I what also I, keep, wonder. I keep being like, excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> Connect the dots somewhere. I know we're not all that broke. Come on. Yeah. Uh, everybody's got like a belt or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, Anyways, that was just our tangent. <laughs> Can I say one that I saw that I thought was really interesting? Yeah, so... Um, a dismemberment kink using erotic hypnosis to make someone believe that they've been dismembered i think i also saw this and purposefully didn't put it on <laughs> i um, apologize i just no, thought that no, was no. fascinating you're good i just didn't want to talk about this. <laughs> no you're good i just don't want to talk about this boundary crossed <laughs> so like i there were a few that i saw but it wasn't common like um mm-hmm. dismembert is a blah, 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 blah. dismemberment dismemberment kink or whatever um often for some reason included with like a robot like role play do you remember how i was talking I about in the seventh how robot play is coming in style i was right it already is this might have also been the reason why i didn't want to be <laughs> cuz you knew I'd be a bitch about it yeah <laughs> you were right <laughs> so um yeah it didn't seem super common yeah. but like the ones that i wrote down like the um the bimbification kink orgasm control role play is like regularly like almost every single file i was seeing included at least one of those things interesting um so, a lot of, from what I saw on, like, r slash hypnosis, because that is my research for this segment <laughs> of our <laughs> podcast, um, a lot of what I saw was, like, very much geared towards um, satisfying some kind of kink, rather than, like, using it to help um, people feel more connected to their sexual practices or feel more pleasure. It was usually very kinky rather than like i can't come and i want to (laughs) come yeah (laughs) you know um so that that is fascinating because i that's a part of erotic hypnosis that i do feel like it's important to talk about it's just you know less kinky (laughs) yeah it's still you know in our all about kinks episode we did talk about how a kink is anything that's unusual. unusual. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, I guess technically, it's definitely kinky. It's just, you know, when you compare <laughs> you're a <laughs> slut for use <youth> to <laughs> you're a dumb bimbo <laughs> slut who only likes cock, <laughs> to you're uh, <laughs> deserving and worthy of having an <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> you choose which one's kinkier if you had to put (laughs) one in each category kinky vanilla Hmm. you know yeah i get what you're saying Um, so anyways moving on from uh the kinkiness this is the not so fun part of this episode (laughs) yeah i do i did want to take a moment to say you did an awesome job on your research and I'm sorry that you were gonna have the fun part and it got ruined by this. But I also have so much respect for you for being like ethically we have to talk about this part yeah, too. Yeah. I I really it was either we were either not doing this podcast episode or we were talking about it. There was no yeah. in between. Which I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, we do trigger warnings at the first of the episode and like I most of this episode so far has been pretty okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, (laughs) I will say that this next, next segment is not fun. I didn't have a fun time doing the research. It was hard for me to listen to. Um, so if that's something you're not comfortable with, please sign off. We won't be mad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so now we're going into some controversies about, um, well, this is really just one controversy about erotic hypnosis. Um, it's called Bambi Sleep. So, Bambi Sleep is a series of audio files that include bimbification, erotic hypnosis. Just a random fun fact, because for some reason I thought it was important. (laughs) So, bimbo stems from the Italian word, um, Bambino, uh, which is why the name Bambi Sleep is there. So, it's all connected. Yeah. (laughs) Um, anyways, that was the fun fact. Does Bambino (laughs) mean baby? Yeah, but yeah, it means baby. Okay. Um, you didn't say that part. Oh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Thank you for letting me. <laughs> we got to be here to help each you know, other out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this series is intended to make people adopt the personality of an obedient and sex-obsessed woman named Bambi. Um. The series of audio files are considered particularly dangerous because it has the intended effect of people being unable to remember the content of the file after listening and continuing to be susceptible to triggers outside of the listening session. I do want to say I don't think we really talked about uh, hypnotic triggers very much. Yeah. Um. So a hypnotic trigger is essentially you're under the hypnotist gives you the suggestion You know, when you smell this smell or you see this thing or someone says this word, you're going to do X. Right. So I just wanted to make that clear because I realized I was definitely not going to define a trigger. So (laughs) thank you for doing that. Um, I'm triggered. (laughs) She's got it. So uh, the files start out pretty tame, um, but eventually lead listeners to go deeper into the world of Bambi. Um, the recordings become more unsettling, painting a picture of a compliant sex object without quote, any ability to counteract her deep bimbo programming. Um, I will say the, I had a really hard time finding research for anything involving erotic hypnosis that was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? um you've given me no context for the word you're looking for incredible incredible is the word i'm looking for yeah had a really hard time finding credible sources yeah this um no it is frustrating that people are not researching sex and erotic stuff i really wish they would i wish you would i wish they would so for um a lot of this i used um information (laughs) from buzzfeed (laughs) uh in an article let me find the name uh an article that's named after these people tried erotic hypnosis they couldn't recognize them so so mama the clickbait has to stop But there you, you go you want to be taken seriously <laughs> stop it with the headlines like that they did it did seem like they had um credible sources for what they were saying so i will say that um but that was the best i could find I tried. <laughs> I really did. Um. Man, fuck it. This whole thing is bad. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so whenever I was reading this um article, they mentioned um this woman named Ava who um had been mm, sexually abused by a man named a man named James a man named using these Bambi sleep audios um there were multiple other things he used to help um make it more <laughs> <laughs> Because okay, he didn't just use hypnosis. Yeah, he wasn't just using hypnosis. He was also there using were, drugs and he brainwashing uses, techniques. Yeah, and he had his own audio files. Um, and, you know, we I, I wanted to specifically mention that because we had talked about earlier how whenever you're in hypnosis, oftentimes you cannot do things against your will, which mm-hmm. is true. Um, and so we spent a lot of time, like, listening and like trying to figure out how this all worked. Cause we were like, how right can <laughs> something on un- while well, you're under hypnosis, make you do something that you wouldn't normally want to do. Um, and I do think that the outside factors played a role mm-hmm. in making people more susceptible to the, um, the Bambi sleep vials. I was like, I do want to say, even though you can't do something that's like directly against your will, when you're in a hypnotic state, what is your will is less clear to you. Yeah. So <clears throat> we didn't do the safety warnings yet, but just if you choose to do any type of hypnosis or erotic hypnosis, like knowing the person who's hypnotizing you, making sure you guys have very clear consent about what is and is not okay is very important because you're still highly suggestible in that state. Yeah. Um. So... I'm not going to go super into detail. I will link the um, the website. So if you want to know more about uh, the situation with James and Ava, Ava um, feel free. But there's a lot of things on there that I don't feel like necessarily I can mention yeah. in this podcast. <laughs> this is not a true crime podcast. I don't like rereading people being assaulted. It's difficult for me. Yeah. So, um, but basically James had a cult of sex slaves that he had created using these audio files and drugs and other outside factors. Um, he, uh. he was just a terrible person all around a terrible person. Yeah. And there are some people in the erotic hypnosis group and just hypnosis in general that use hypnotism um, to do terrible things to other people. And yeah. that is sad. And it does not necessarily mean that erotic hypnosis is a terrible thing. Yes. But everybody should be aware of the safety risks and safety <coughs> concerns and be fully educated before they involve themselves in any of these practices. Yeah. I mean, bad people will ruin any good thing. Yeah. is the upsetting thing. And, like, sex—things involving sex and sexuality are always, like, more vulnerable. You can be in a more vulnerable position because of it. And people are going to take advantage of it. And it's so shitty. Because I just wanted to have a fun podcast episode about erotic hypnosis. (laughs) And then we stumble on this fucking bullshit. I think it was really, like, it it was really hard for me to read it because I think— Um, specifically using hypnosis, the idea of taking away somebody's will to say no was just particularly disgusting to me. I agree. Um, so I, I did have a hard time. Uh, I read the whole article and I, if people want to read it go right ahead, but there's a lot in there. Ava is doing better now, correct? She is. She is in therapy. She has um, been able to re listen to the files and is no longer um, susceptible or super. I think that she still has some, you know, some triggers. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's working to fix some of that. Um, as far as I know, like her and a lot of the other girls are still in contact or have a lot of them have left the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most recent um, person that people had known of that uh, was part of this James cult was actually in 2023. Um, okay. So Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, um, had experienced abuse from James in early 2023. So I don't know that I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that he has not experienced any kind of lawful action, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, but yeah, just yeah. if you want to know more about that, it's there. Um, so the Bambi Sleep Files use overloading to make listeners more suggestible. Um, mm-hmm. w- You had kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. It just, it's a lot of, we listen to a very small part <laughs> of the Bambi Sleep Files. They're really creepy. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Like, do I think that I would be hypnotized by this file? Absolutely not. Was it absolutely terrifying to listen to? For sure. Yeah. It was, it was very like. I felt nauseous, but I always feel nauseous when there's, like, a lot of Mm -hmm. overlapping sounds. So there's, like, one main female talking. Mm -hmm. um, And then there's usually, like, one or two females chanting something in the background. And then there's, like, this fucking... Like, whooshing noise? Yeah, it sounds like when you drive through a tunnel or something like that going on in the background. And then every now and again, there's, like, high-pitched, like, orchestral sounds. Yeah. It's very like there's, overwhelming to the senses. There's so much noise. Yeah. <laughs> and um none of it's good noise. <laughs> as far as I know, we don't really know exactly who creates Bambi Sleep. Um yeah, it's it was created anonymously and um I think some people have like um done like I don't know recreations of the files but um the original bambi sleep files no one knows who made them they're just out there for people to use which is deeply concerning (laughs) yeah and And like the the episodes like the the files are not well written they're not good (laughs) audio files they are not good erotic hypnosis practices You, it's not super likely that anybody would even be hypnotized by them. Right. Um uh there was some some guy. Some guy said that um they did um <clears throat> a good job with the overloading factor, but like the vials themselves are not properly properly done. Mm-hmm. Um and are unlikely to really lead you to be hypnotized. Unless there are other factors. Um, What were you going to say? Not a clue? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I also did a little bit, not as much that you did, a little bit of perusing on r slash erotic hypnosis. And they don't fucking like Bambi sleep. They won't even write bambi sleep they write bs files or something like that yeah um there is a moderator um on erotic hypnosis that if anybody writes the words bambi sleep there's an automatic response from a moderator that mentioned it i think it says um bambi sleep is a series of poorly written um erotic hypnosis files using bimbification kink um and it says something else. But yeah, they're not a fan there. Yeah. There is I didn't even look at it because I really just did not want to be a part of it. But there is an R slash Bambi Sleep um on Reddit. And I'm not I assume that there are four, but I'm not sure. It might be a mix. I don't know. Um but yeah, erotic hypnosis just doesn't even fuck with Bambi Sleep. Yeah. Uh they also I saw a post that was really popular about oh um, getting rid of trigger like someone made a hypnosis uh audio file to get rid of bambi sleep triggers yeah for people um I, and like the main thing that that was a problem with bambi sleep is just the fact that there is um so much happening outside of consent for the person who's listening there with the intention of not letting them remember the hypnosis um, which is uncommon Mm -hmm. for hypnosis files, but also leaving, um, triggers throughout the hypnosis files to leave you susceptible to in your, while you're not listening. Um, it, it just violates a lot. (laughs) Yeah. In general. Um, aside from the fact that like, me and sabrina are not big on the the creepy bimbification thing you know that might be somebody's thing but let's do it with consent next time please yeah um so the bambi sleep files honestly the more we looked into it the more we were like this is giving brainwashing not hypnosis (laughs) yeah specifically the the james cult using yeah the bambi sleep it was more, but honestly, even just looking through the Bambi sleep files, um, <laughs> they on, they really do fit. Uh, brainwashing, yeah. So, um, a psychologist named Robert J. Lifton, in the nineteen fifties, um, studied former prisoners of the Korean War and Chinese war camps. Um, he determined they they'd undergone a multi-step process that began with attacks on the prisoner's sense of self and ended with what appeared to be a change in beliefs. So this is his idea of the 10 steps of <laughs> brainwashing. <laughs> um, um, so a lot of steps in this. <laughs> a lot of steps. <laughs> um, so the first one was assault on identity, mm-hmm. which I, bambi sleep pilots definitely do yeah a lot of you're not the smart woman you say you are like they don't say words like that but basically they're saying you're not the intelligent woman you are you are they're actively trying to take away what you would generally feel you are Mm -hmm. in your daily life um to replace it with something else uh guilt I also kind of feel like they did that in Baby Sleep. We should have listened to a whole file. I just really didn't want to. It was to. nauseating. It was unpleasant. I'm not going to. It was unpleasant to listen to. Yeah. Um, We got like a minute in. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you read some transcripts of the Bambi Sleep files? I read some quotes in the BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough for me. Um, But yeah, I do feel like they used... um guilt and especially in the cult definitely we're using guilt to promote that like you're wrong for convincing people that you're smart yeah you know you're lying yeah yeah um another one self-betrayal um breaking point these are all the 10 steps. <laughs> I know I'm skipping around a lot here. There's a lot of information. Um, another step, leniency, compulsion to confess, uh, chan- channeling of guilt, releasing of guilt, progress in harmony, and then fi- final con- confession and rebirth. Those are the 10 steps of brainwashing. Um, yeah. And i don't know any more about it <laughs> that's the best you're getting this is supposed to be a semi quick episode yeah we can't have this be three <laughs> hours long i'm doing my best <laughs> also my computer is about to die Also, <laughs> awesome. um so yeah i would definitely say that the bambi sleep files lean more towards brainwashing rather than like hypnotists and mm-hmm. hypnotism and i feel like it's unfortunate that it's connected to that in such a real way. Um, yeah, so connected that fucking BuzzFeed has to say something. Has something it has something to say about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so, obviously, issues around consent and freedom of will are why the Bambi sleep files are so controversial in the wider erotic hypnosis community, um, as they are seemingly set up to erode consent in a way in which listeners may not realize. Um, so, yeah, that is... That's Bambi sleep. Unpleasant. Unhappy. Terrible. Awful. Um, so next we have some safety warnings. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, in some people or some situations... Hypnosis may have a powerful effect on perception and may influence behavior. Therefore, people may regret behaviors or actions that occurred during a session later on. Um, the best way to avoid this is to talk about goals or wants before a session and make sure you trust your partner fully. Um, I very much do like I feel like unless it's a licensed professional because this is not always going to be possible with a licensed professional. But if you're going to go into a play session with someone who um, is part of the erotic hypnosis community, you guys should play it like we're going on three or four dates <laughs> before we do anything Yeah, regarding erotic hypnosis. You should know this person well and trust that they are not an abusive person. Yeah, have some sort of like, have them record the sessions or something, yeah. so that you can make sure that everything that was done was what you guys had talked about in it in advance. Right. Um, yeah, I I do feel like this is one of the kinks where there's an extra level of caution that you need to take because someone's playing around in your brain essentially. Yeah. Um. It. It is risky mm-hmm. as a lot of kinks are but you know recovering from something physically is often easier than recovering from something mentally so i think that it's very important that people understand mm-hmm. why we are pressing this issue so much <laughs> um so there are some instances of hypnotherapist hypnotherapists using um hypnotism to sexually assault their clients or um people in a dom sub relationship or um erotic hypnosis obviously using hypnotism to hurt and assault people Mm -hmm. um we saw a couple of different articles about that so it does happen unfortunately it does um and i i don't really have a lot of comments on this other than it's fucked up and um you're going to find fucked up shit almost everywhere <laughs> almost everywhere cuz i don't want to i don't want to continue on with this podcast and like we've talked about negative things and i just feel like everywhere you go you're going to find situations where people have been harmed or hurt yeah by practices from people who are abusive it's just it's not avoidable. Yeah. I feel like th- it's just a little more complicated because hypnosis is also in practice. Yeah, I agree. So I don't think the nature of hypnosis makes it like more likely that this is going to happen. I just think people who are shitty will take advantage of it. Right. Which sucks. Um, They've ruined this episode for us. We were so happy. We were really <laughs> excited. Um, so yeah, just make sure that you are being, um, careful mm-hmm. and staying up to date on safety episodes, listening to your gut. If you feel like something is going wrong, it probably is. Yeah. And I would rather you be wrong about that than not listen to yourself yeah. and be wrong then. Yeah. Just saying. Um, so all around, though, the most common risk to hypnotherapy is that it simply doesn't work. It's without any outside factors. It's highly uncommon that there would be any major risks mm-hmm. to hypnotherapy unless somebody's drugged you or has some other major factor in play. Right. Um, so there are a few rare side effects, including headaches dizziness drowsiness anxiety or distress and the creation of false memories which we had talked about earlier okay um so you know usually in a normal practice without any kind of um outside factors it just might not work yep and you've wasted some money (laughs) and that is what it is yeah make sure you could go to a good hypnotherapist who does the time to do essentially an intake interview where they are trying to figure out what you want and they're honest about what they can do and how they can help you. You know, they are not the same as a therapist that will help you talk through trauma. They will help with behaviors and phobias and triggers mostly. Um triggers in the sense of like the psychological trigger, not like the hypnosis trigger. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely be sure that whatever you're needing in life is not better suited towards other therapy practices. Right. As, I, with, as with anything. Yeah. I feel like that's an important thing to mes- mention. Like, hypnotism is not going to solve your problems completely. Yeah. It's often used to help people uh, get rid of fears or addiction. Yeah. It's more often used to help with that. And using it to change trauma or change um personality <laughs> is probably not a good it's, idea yeah probably not <sighs> but you know also use it if you want to have a fun sexy time yeah yes. <laughs> if you want to get your limbs cut off but you realize that's going to be a lot of hospital <laughs> bills mama play the mind game on yourself <laughs> If you're too broke to buy some bonded (laughs) material, go ahead and try erotic hypnosis. It might be for you. If if you can't buy a rope. (laughs) Some handcuffs. A belt. a t-shirt cut into strips <laughs> <laughs> literally anything that's so funny to me it's so ridiculous because like i understand like there's just so many things that erotic hypnosis could be used for and then somebody out there was just like we're gonna pretend that you've been tied <laughs> what <laughs> bitch what just tie me up next time <laughs> oh, fuck. that's so stupid no kink shaming here though uh not at all never we love all the cakes uh except for that's stupid out that people are dumb (laughs) yeah i mean maybe like there's a level of it where it's just like they know it's really not there and they can still move their arms and that's hot to them in which case don't use hypnosis yeah i get what you're saying or do do what you want. Don't listen to us. Just, We're just too young just 20 cents. Sem- <laughs> this is opinions.com. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Our opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In conclusion, hypnosis is interesting and cool. Fuck Bambi Sleep and all the other people in the world who ruin all the good things for all the good people. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Also, if you have a dismemberment kink, please email us. <laughs> If you have any of the kinks that we've mentioned in this episode or any episode, please contact us. We are available 24 (laughs) seven. We are available on Reddit. Yeah. Uh, trauma and triggers pod, I think. Yes. Um, we're available on TikTok and Instagram trauma Mm -hmm. and triggers. Um, and we also have a Gmail (laughs) trauma and triggers. Yes. Um, So, yeah, feel free to contact us. We love to hear stories and get more information about stuff. It's fun to be educated and learn about people. Yeah. Um, And we're both humble enough to realize we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, we really don't. We're cocky enough to start a podcast. We're just just talking. It's fun for us to talk. And I think that I don't feel like we're doing a lot of harm. (laughs) I feel like usually we're just adding... And we give the trigger warning that we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> trigger so, warning, uneducated. <laughs> we are doing our best. Um, um, we have to stop talking. <laughs> it's literally just... i am just been saying um, repeatedly. I don't know what you want from me. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, what about it? Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I hope everybody has a great day and doesn't think about all the terrible, bad things in the world. Yeah. Also... If this gets to a lot of listens, I'm going to hypnotize Audrey. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> I think it could happen. I would let you hypnotize me. That's sweet. I wouldn't hypnotize you. Why not? Because we just talked about how we don't want to play around in each other's brains or anybody's brains. Well, you don't. You can just hypnotize me to like pretend I'm petting a I'm cat. I'm not qualified for that and therefore I'm not going to do it. <sighs> okay you would pet my cat in real life. But I could do it when there's not really a cat there. (laughs) 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 Bye! Bye. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs)